0: I'm going to tell you a story. A sower, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a good crop that sprang up, increased and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, some one hundred. James.
1: What, what does the story mean?
0: The seed is the word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God."
2: Number one twenty two. One two two hark the heralds.
1: So? So the seed is the word of God. What happened next?
0: Well, it depends on the ground. The ground is the hearts of men. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Can you think of someone in the Bible who heard God's word but chose not to believe? Cain. Cain? I know Cain. Okay, Cain. Cain thought himself righteous, and he came to God with a thank offering. He made no confession of sin and acknowledged no need of mercy. The sense of need and needing God, the recognition of our poverty and sin, is the very condition of acceptance with God. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.
1: What about the seed that fell on the stony places?
0: This is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution rises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Can you think of someone in the Bible who believed God's word, but then when hard times came, he got scared and he didn't follow God? James, who is that? Saul. Saul. When the Philistines gathered together to fight with Israel, 30,000 chariots on 6,000 horsemen and people as the sand on the seashore, Samuel had told him to wait seven days, and he would come to bring an offering. But when Saul saw he wasn't coming and the Israelites were scared, Saul offered the burnt offering. Yes, And as soon as he presented the burnt offering, Samuel came and said, What have you done? Did Saul listen to God's word? No. Saul did not keep the commandment of God. He did what he wanted. This world is not our own. It's not for us to do as we please, want, but to do what God wants. Jesus was a perfect example of doing what God wanted him to do.
1: It's It's sad that Saul ended up not following God because he was scaled. What about the seed that fell among the thorns?
0: The seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. Can any of you think of someone in the Bible who learned about God but then was attracted by what looks good in the world, the riches of the world?
1: Lot, when he chose the better land, when his uncle Abraham asked him which land he wanted to choose, he picked the valley.
0: Yes, Abraham and Lot had many cattle and their servants got into a fight because there was not enough land to feed all the cattle, sheep, and goats. So Abraham didn't want it to be arguing between them, so he told him, Please, separate from me. If you take left, then I will go to the right. What did Lot do, James?
1: He saw the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. Then Lot chose for himself, all the plain.
0: Yes, and Lot pitched his tent as far as Sodom. What happened to Sodom, Isaac?
1: Yes, the Lord destroyed it by fire because of their sins, and Lot had to run away with nothing except his wife and two daughters.
0: Sad. It's not a good decision to want what looks good in the eye of man. It is a simple, a gift to be simple, to be content with little things.
2: Since we're talking about giving, we're going to invite the children to go in the back and pick up the baskets for the little children's offerings.
0: No, no, you can stay there. Did you, you want to do that? You can go do it if you want. Anybody out there seeing the blessings we're enjoying in this church, all on the platform up here? <laughs> Amen, huh? Okay, James.
1: What happened to the seed that fell on the good ground?
0: Well, let's see. Can someone read me for me what happened? How about you, Isaac?
1: He who received the seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. Who ended indeed Who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty?
0: Yes, just one weed of kernel. A plant grew that in turn brought several kinds of fruits and seeds. What are you guys going to do with everything you know about Jesus? Together.
1: We are going to tell others about, about Jesus. We are going to let our little light shine.
3: Let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine.
2: I'm so blessed to hear you guys ready to let your lights shine. Jesus is the seed, the kernel that had to die. For us, so we have a chance to go to heaven. Christ is waiting with longing desire for the manifestation of himself in his church. When the character of Christ shall be perfectly reproduced in his people, then he will come to claim them as his own. It is the privilege of every Christian not only to look for, but to hasten the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'll invite, I'll invite you to sing with, me, with us as we embark in the mission to tell others about Jesus. We're going to sing, Go Tell It on the Mountain, the first verse. Thank At this point, we'll have our scripture reading.
4: I'm going to read this morning for Campbell. She said she's a little shy. So, our scripture this morning is found in John 4 10 through 15. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and your well is deep. Where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water.
5: Good morning, everyone. Happy Sabbath. Wow, I, I wasn't expecting a feast when I came this morning. Pastor Doe hid something for me. He didn't tell me there was going to be a feast. But I've been so mightily blessed, and uh, I'll take this one. That Pastor Doe will, uh, will be pleased because uh, <laughs> he asked me to speak. But um, but su- uh, suffice it to say that um, we have been blessed this morning, and thank you, children, for uh, and, and and adults for this beautiful presentation. I understand now why God wanted me to speak the message I'm going to present this morning, um, because um, I, I already had my message that I was going to preach today. It was a message I preached at a a couple other churches in in the past. In fact, I preached the same message a month ago. Um, And I was going to preach that message today, because I figured they never heard it yet. And uh, I was in Maryland uh, last weekend. A week ago today, I was in Maryland. And actually, it was on Sabbath. And somehow, out of the blue, the Lord impressed upon me, you are going to be preaching a different message. I'm <laughs> oh like, God, you're going to be kidding me. Uh, you know, as you all know, I'm way forward. I, um, I don't know how many of I met some of you last time I was here. We've been here once. My family is back there. My wife, my son, uh, my daughter was up here singing with the group. And um, we are here, we moved here from um, Arizona. Uh, it's kind of a temporary thing, as, as far as we are concerned, um, to attend. Uh, I, I'm doing the master's uh, program in theology, or we call it the BMW program, Biblical Missions and Wellness, at wimmer And of course, uh, so, yeah, I, I know people here, you know, that uh, some of us are at Weimar. and uh, so my family came up with me. And so please be sure to uh, to um, to shake our hands. <laughs> But, um, but, but I don't remember seeing so many children when we came the last time. But, but bless your heart, this is a growing church, a church that h- will never die as long as the children are kept here and active, involved. So I was in Maryland and uh, sitting there, and, um, and the Holy Spirit impressed upon me that I am going to be speaking a different message. And the reason why I even brought the Wemos to stuff is because I, um, you know, you all know it's finals, right? Um, now, I am not your traditional student. Uh, I have been in the workforce for, for quite some time, but the Lord somehow decided that uh, I, I have preached, you know, across the world. I I've, I've, I've teach and, and all kinds of stuff I do, but the Lord said, no, 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 we, we need to be here, okay? And that's a whole other story how that all happened, but, um, but we are here, okay? And so it's finals time and it's exams, right? It's hard enough to be for me to be back in school and to be in class and sitting and, and having to force myself to study. It's been a struggle since we've been here since August. But, um, but I'm like, God, no, we're not gonna do another message. We're gonna do the message that I already said I'm gonna do. I believe that's what you told me to do from way back when. And it's finals and the kids have Christmas programs all week long. And I was in Maryland last week. I don't have time. I need to prepare for finals. And God left me alone. Pastor De texted me for all the bulletin information. I said, Lord, so here we go. I'm going to send it to him with the message, of the, the title of the message that I preached before. And he says, no, you're not going to send it to him. And I fell on my knees. I said, God, let's talk. I prayed and prayed and I prayed. And the message that I I put on uh, the, the text to Pastor, um, Pastor Doe was the message that I have never preached before and that he wanted me to preach. So somehow we thought, ter- and I, ha- I do a Bible study on Zoom also on Thursday evening, every Thursday on, on the Book of Romans, and I was tempted to cancel that. I need the chance to prepare for all this stuff. And the Lord said, no, you're not going to cancel it. And thank God we didn't cancel it because my wife will tell you what a mighty work God did that day, that evening a mighty testimony that came out of that from one of the attendees. But that's a a story for another day. But now I could see why God wanted us to talk about the gift of God. Because (laughs) what exactly you guys did today so far is exactly what the message is about. And the other message would have not fit in any kind, I mean, you know, it could always make it fit. But it was definitely this message that God wanted here to preach today. So for that, I say, Lord, again, pardon my unbelief and do your mighty work in me today. So we're going to talk about the gift of God and the gift to God, right? And so, um, you know, I I heard through the grapevine that you got, well, you know, I've been here before too, but I heard that you guys finished church at 2.30. So I think we, we 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 I think we are good to go. I think we are good to go. We're good to go. So let us let us let us pray. And by the way, I have my little light here because this is what it's all about. And I brought it up here with me to remind me that it is not about me. I am just a reflection of His light. Let's pray. Be near us now, Lord Jesus. I ask thee to stay. Close by me, by us forever, and love us, we pray. Bless us now, your dear children, who are in your tender care. May your Holy Spirit move them in a mighty way in this place today. May hearts be drawn unto you, dear God. May we be fitted for heaven. That one day when you come, you will take us to be with you forever. We thank you for all that's been done here today. And now we wait upon you to give meat in due season. For Jesus' sake. Amen. So the gift of God and the gift to God. So why, why the gift? Why the gift? Well, well, if you follow with me on the slides, I have pretty much everything on the slides. The Bible says, and, and please follow in your Bibles too. Don't 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 take for granted what the preacher puts on the slides. The Bible says in the book of of Genesis chapter 3, and we pick up from verse 6, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, for what? For food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that what? They were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. My friends, fig leaves, fig leaves. I know know you all know about fig leaves. Fig leaves do not work. But fig leaves we use to cover our nakedness. They knew they were naked. They knew they have lost the glory of God. And now they needed to cover themselves up. Well, you see, my friends, in verse 23, what do we read? Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord made tunics of skin. And that's the gift. The fig leaves are what we do for ourselves. The gift, the tunic of skin that God gives us to cover us. You see, my friends, self-righteousness doesn't work. Self-righteousness is what Adam thought he had. He said, no, 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 God, I'm righteous. It's this woman whom you give me. She's the one to blame. And the woman says, whoa, 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 hey, buddy, I'm righteous. It's that serpent whom you put in this garden. Why did you allow him in this garden? I'm righteous. What were they really saying? They were actually saying that they're righteous. And what? And God, but God is not righteous. Can you imagine? They were blaming God that he wasn't righteous. He was the cause of all this, this bad stuff. But God gave them the gift Of his love. He gave them a skin of tunic. How did God get that skin of tunic? Well I'm sure you all know the answer. And we're going to talk about that today. You see my friends. Fig leaves would not work. Genesis chapter 3. Verse 15 tells us. And I will put enmity. Between you and the woman. And between your seed. And her seed. The brother talked about the seed today, the um, the presentation we just had. The seed will bruise your head, talking to the serpent, and you shall bruise his heel. This is a very familiar scripture to Adventists. So the question I have for you today is, when God put enmity between the woman, yes, and the seed of the woman, and the devil between them, Was there enmity before God put that enmity between the woman and her seed and the devil? Was there enmity before that? It's a trick question. Yes, there was enmity before that. Where was the enmity? The enmity, my friends, was in these two who now we are blaming God that God was not righteous. They now had enmity towards God and love towards self. Do you call that enmity? That is enmity. They had enmity. They hated God now. Yes, they hated God. Because self-love of necessity hates God. But God took that enmity. <laughs> he covered them with tunics of skin. And he took that enmity and he placed it where it belonged. Between man and the enemy. The true enemy. And so we read in Matthew chapter 3, verse 21. And she will bring forth a son. A what? A seed. Right? That's the seed. And you shall be, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their enmity towards God. Yes? From their self love. So God's love. See, my friends, Isaiah prophesied the prophecy that we're going to read right now in Isaiah chapter 9. For unto us a child, a seed is born. Unto us a seed is given. A son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called. Wonderful Counselor of the Mighty God. The Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. Today we're going to talk about. We're going to focus on the Prince of Peace. You see because. Enmity requires what? Peace. Right? If there's Enmity. And you desire for the enmity to get away, you require peace. But since we of ourselves do not make peace with God, well, God must make peace with us. And so came the Prince of Peace. So, what do we see, my friends? What do we see? The Bible tells us in Psalm 8, verse 3 When I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you will visit with him. We see God as the creator of the heavens and the earth the one who made all the things and yet and yet he will visit man. We see him as creator and suddenly we see him in the womb of a woman as a little baby. Isaiah 49 verse 15, Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely she may forget, but, but, I will not forget you. Isn't that beautiful? The whole Christmas story that was just shown to us is the story of I will not forget you. I will remove the enmity. Oh, friends. We are told that the angels appeared to the shepherds as they watched their flock by night. And they declared, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all people. For unto you is born this day a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That's right. Unto you, who is the you? Well, it is you, it is me. Where well, we, who are we? Where well, we are in the world. And he is born into the world. For all people. A savior today. And the angels burst out in song. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace and goodwill Towards man. That's the all. That's the you. That's the all people. Oh my friends. Wonder oh heavens. And be astonished. Oh earth. That the God of heaven. The creator of the universe. Will condescend and enter into a womb of a little lady and become as a little child. Ah, beautiful story. The story of Christmas. My friends, to demonstrate our story today, we're going to look at the woman from the scriptures, from John chapter 4, that our dear uh, sister Campbell's mom read so beautifully for us. And Campbell, thank you for coming up with your mom. My friends, we know this story very well. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ said, I need to go through Samaria. Did Jesus Christ have to go through Samaria? Would any respectable Jew go through Samaria? But Jesus, but Jesus a Jew? But he said, I need to go through. It's not like, well, maybe I should go. No, no, no. I need to go through Samaria. I need to remove the enmity. Jesus came to man to remove the enmity and to reclaim man back to God. And so, my friends, he told his disciples, you know how you go, you know how sometimes, I don't know if any of you have experienced this, I have. You know, you come out of the plane, you go to baggage claim, and your bag is not there. Or somehow you miss your, 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 you miss your flight, something happened, your flight, your, your baggage ends up in another flight and you're in the next flight, right? all kinds of things. I have been in a place where my baggage has been lost and I'm traveling overseas. But then you get this call, Mr. Ford, Joe, we have found your lost baggage. Please come and claim it. Jesus said I need to go through Samaria to reclaim lost baggage. I got a call. I am here right now to go and reclaim my lost baggage. And so we read that Jesus Christ had this encounter with this woman. He is breaking down the middle wall of partition, you see, between God and man and man and man. The woman asked her, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me? A Samaritan woman. For Jews have no dealings. There is a wall there if you don't know that. There is a wall between you and me. (laughs) Jesus says, woman, if you knew the gift of God, you know consistently over the years. I have seen preachers and people just run over that. But there is where the meat is. Without that, everything else is not there. If you knew the gift of God. You will say to to me, give me a drink. You would would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Christ is in the business of reclaiming the lost. And so as we look at this woman, my friends, we are looking at God's posture, God's posture towards sinners. We are looking at God's posture towards those who consider him not righteous. You see, because the devil in, in Eden, he was purposeful in painting a picture of God, in painting a picture of the character of God that was totally opposite what the truth was. In fact, the devil was reflecting his own image unto God. But God demonstrates a posture of love towards us. While we go astray from him, what he, does he do? He comes to us. He is the heavenly merchant man seeking goodly pearls. He is the chaser who runs after you and runs after me. Well, if he's running after you, then where are we going? We're running away from him, Right? <laughs> Shall so we read in Romans chapter five, verse eight? But God, but who? But God demonstrates His love toward us in that. In that, why will we are yet? He is coming to reclaim lost baggage, because any man who is away from God is a sinner and he is lost. But thank God that he comes to seek and to save lost baggage. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from ah, from wrath. Because you see, lost baggage, if left unclaimed, it's destroyed. Maybe people might take stuff in there that's valuable, but ultimately, it is lost. Yes? And what might have seemed valuable to you, the owner, <laughs> the other people might think it's trash. Oh, did, they, did the Jews think the Samaritans garbage and trash? Ah, lost, lost baggage, my friends. Christ claims lost baggages. Whatever, whoever you think is, 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 is a lost soul or a lost cause, Christ came to reclaim lost baggage. And so we are saved from wrath and if we, when, when we were enemies, when we were sinners, when we were enemies, we had animosity towards God, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. And much more. This is the much more abundant goodness of God. Much more being reconciled, yes, by his um, um, death. We shall be saved by his life. You see, Christ saves us both in his life and in his death. He justifies us through his death and he saves us by his life. That's how you gain lost baggage. By giving as a free gift. The Bible says in verse 15, but the free gift, the what? The free gift is not like the offense. The offense is what we have done. We are the offenders, yes? I am the offender. You are the offender. Adam passed on offender qualities to us, if you will. <laughs> but there is a free gift which is not like the offense. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful that God will consider us, the offenders, the ones who were enemies towards him, he would consider himself as a gift towards us. What a God. We were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more. Much more. Having been reconciled, received by his life. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense, many died. Much more. In other words, this much more is so much greater, so much more abounding, so much more copious than the offense. So that when, when the much more comes, the offense is lost. You can't even see it. When the nakedness of man stands before God and he comes in humility, the much more abounding grace of God covers him. You do not see his nakedness. the gift by grace of the one man Jesus Christ abounded for many. And the gift is not that which came through the one who offended or who sinned. Because the gift is God packaging into the womb of a young woman his son. And giving him not lending him, not, not saying, well, you know, I'll give you, a... no, no, giving him. You know what a gift is? This is Christmas time. People are going to be giving gifts, yes, and getting gifts, right? Some people may not necessarily like their gifts, but they're going to get a gift, right? And you're going to give a gift, and somebody may be like, hey, what is this? You know, but you give a gift. But, but, but Jesus is God's gift. Packaged in the womb of Mary, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. which shall be unto all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace and goodwill towards lost package. But there's a a response, my friends. There's a response. God loves and he gives. The great giver. That whosoever. That response is ours now to give back to God. He gives without us asking. The Greek word is charizomai. He gives without being unprovoked. He just gives it. You don't ask. You don't plead. No, 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 no. He gives you a tunic of skin for your nakedness. But then he moves upon your heart to respond in gratitude. Because you cannot repent on your own. Repentance is given to you as it is given to me. And so we must believe and receive this free gift. And So my friends, the Bible tells us in Psalm 103, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, this, this is the response of the heart. The heart that has responded to the gift of God. You know, the baggage, if the baggage were able to talk when its, when its owner was to find it, if the baggage was able to talk, it would say yes. I don't know how many of you may have lost a child for a brief moment in time, maybe at the mall or some place. Maybe in the store, you know, you know how the children my kids they like to run around, you know, and hide around in the clothing and all that, you know. And you're like, well, "Where are they? Where are they?" But if there's a period of time that you lose them and they don't know where you are, you know, there's a story that is told, and they call the 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 the, 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 the um the, the 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 security guards. They call the police. They're fin- they're looking, and and the, and they even buy, you know, the cop buys an ice cream cone. You know, for the, for the little girl. And the girl is I mean, eating on the ice cream. And then all of a sudden, she sees her mommy right where the TV screen is. And she drops that ice cream cone. And she runs into her arms of the mother who was looking for her. Jesus Christ comes to claim those gaps. And so, the psalmist says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. How much? All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, my friends, forget not. This is where we mess up. We We are so soon to forget. We are so soon to forget. Christmas has become a time of materialism. Christmas has become a time of you get this gift, I get that gift, well, I don't like that gift, well, this is what I want. What? Christmas has become a time of self-centeredness. But how many times do we remember his benefits towards us? Who healeth all our diseases. Who forgives all, not some, of our sins, our iniquities. How many times do we remember that at Christmas time? If at all any other time of the year. Who redeems, oh my goodness, that baggage was going to be destroyed. Who redeems my life? From destruction, so that my youth is renewed like the eagles, who crowns you with loving kindness. This is the tunic of skin. He crowns you with loving and kindness and showers you with tender mercies. We all know Isaiah chapter 53, you know, you read it on your own. That chapter is suitable for Christmas. Because he came and we turned our backs on him. He was despised and rejected of men. Yes. We did not esteem him. We esteemed ourselves. We want all kinds of nice things for Christmas. But we don't esteem him, of whom we say we celebrate. We know it's the wrong date, yes. But but we celebrate him, don't we? All these things, all these hangings and shakings. Yes. But where is his gift? Are we blessing him today? The Lord pleased pleased God to lay upon him the iniquity of us all and yet we walk away from him. We are happy to be on our own in fig leaves, in self-righteousness, in doing my own thing, in filthy rags. Ah, my friends, John was so enamored. You know John was some crazy guy, you know? John was some wacko. You remember his brother James and John the Thorns of Thunder? But John with the patience and the mighty long suffering of Christ bore along with him and took care of him and kept him close. Jesus keeps us close. And when it is all said and done, John said my goodness, what manner of love is this that the Father has bestowed upon me, claim it, that I should be called the child of God. Here's what she says in Steps of Christ, Mr. White. The Father loves us not because of the great propitiation, but he provided the propitiation because he loves us. Sometimes we got this twisted. Well, I better make sure I do this, make sure I do that, and make sure I do the other thing, and then God would love me and accept me. Oh, sinful soul. Say like Paul, a wretched man that I am. Christ has come to us. He has come to save us. He loves us so much that before we asked, there was a lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world, and where do we see him? Suddenly, we see him in the womb of a little lady. And where do we see him? We see him saying, I need go through Jerusalem, excuse me, to Samaria. Where do we see him? We see him telling that woman who was caught in adultery, I do not condemn you. I empower you now to go and sin no more. Where do we see him? We see him saying to the woman who has been stricken. With an issue of blood, daughter, daughter, be of good cheer. I'm reclaiming. I'm in the business of reclaiming. My mission, we are studying about missions of the world. My mission is to do the will of him that sent me. The matchless love of God for a world that did not, did not love. The thought has a subduing power upon the souls and brings the mind into captivity to the will of God. It is a love that is infinite and a tender pity suppressing a mother's yearning sympathy for her wayward child. That's right. That's the love that he has for us. That's the love that he has for us. Well, what is God's intent? What what, what exactly is God up to? Why is he doing all this? Why is he doing all of this? Because he wants us to be righteous. You see, because God is righteous. And we are not. Stop fooling yourself, Adam. Stop fooling yourself, Eve. You're not righteous. You're naked. You're naked, miserable, poor, and blind. Stop fooling yourself. Let me cover you. Let me cover Yes, tunic of skin. Blood has to be shed for our covering. And so, my friends, we read in Philippians chapter three, verse eight, and this is Paul now. Paul now reflecting on who he was before and who is now. Now, who who is now now at, at this time of his life. Yea, doubtless, I count all things. How many things? All things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Now that's a different all. Because the things that he suffered, the loss of all, uh, that's, that's rubbish. That's garbage. And do count them as rubbish. That's dung, And I may win Christ. Why does he want to win Christ? Because Christ has come to him as a gift. And be found in him. Not in myself or my own righteousness. Which is of the law. Self-righteous works. Fig leaves. But that which is through the faith. Now some of your Bibles, and I use the King James for this particular uh, verse here. I use the New King James and the King James as as, as necessary. Some of your Bibles say... um, the faith, through faith in Jesus or in Christ. Now, now, faith in Christ is, is vital. This is important. But, but the faith of Christ is what the text says. Which is through the faith of Christ. The righteousness which is of God by faith. This whole thing is talking about Christ and his faith. That I may know him. In other words, I may respond by faith. To know him is not to just know him up here. To know him is to know him. Yes, that word know, when you study it, it's that intimacy, that closeness, that bond between a husband and a wife. To know him and the power of his resurrection. How is it that I get to know him? By the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his suffering. Being made conformable. How many of you including myself has been made conformable to his death? We want all the good things in life. We want the gift of Jesus. Ah but keep away from us the (laughs) the suffering and the death. Keep that away from me. Just give me the good things. She said somewhere, and I can't remember the exact quote, if God would allow us to continue the way we are living and do all the stuff we want to do and just keep on going the way we are going, she says many of us will run to Christ. But Jesus Christ calls that garbage and dung and filthy rags. But he comes to claim us still. as his lost baggage. We have to be made conformable until his death now. 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 Not when he comes. Not tomorrow. Not next week. Not next year. Now. That we might experience the power of a new life. The resurrected life. As it is in Christ. She says in five testimonies, you may meditate upon it every day of your life. You may search the scriptures diligently in order to understand it. You may summon every power and capability that God has given you in the endeavor to comprehend the love and compassion of the Heavenly Father and yet there is an infinity beyond. You may study that you may study that love for ages, you may, yet you can never fully comprehend the length and the breadth and the depth and the height of the love of God in gifting us, in giving us his son to die for the world. Eternity itself can never fully reveal it. Yet. There is hope my friends. As we study the word. And we must study the word. And meditate upon it. And the life of Christ. And the plan of our redemption. These themes will be open. To our understanding. More and more. We need to stay in the word. And meditate upon it. Let it, let it sink in. Let it soak in. As you celebrate Christmas. Open up the word. And read. He was given for my transgressions. His blood was spilled for my sin. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And with his stripes I am healed. How many of you know about the carcassilisus? It's a worm. How many of you know this worm? The carcassilisus, and I shared this at Weimar a few weeks ago, the carcassilisus it's a, it's a worm. It's called the scarlet worm. For those of you who may have heard the scarlet worm. It's, it's found in the Middle East. And, and it was present when Jesus Christ was alive. And this worm, God, God is amazing. God, God puts things in nature that he knows he's going to use to teach us a lesson. This scarlet worm gets pregnant only once in its lifetime. Only once. When it gets pregnant... It finds a piece of wood, a tree or a fence somewhere, a wooden fence, and it attaches itself to that fence and it builds a, sh- a, a, a shell around itself and it fastens to that piece of wood. And you, to get that thing off that wood or that tree, you have to destroy the whole thing. It fastens itself and then it gives birth. And after this worm gives birth, His children now, his babies who are under the shell, begin to feast off their mother. Begin to feast off their mother. And they feast off their mother, hallelujah, for three days. Suddenly so they want. They make dye out of, out of her, um, her, um, her a crimson uh, uh, dye. They begin to feast on her for three days. And after three days, she dies away. And as she dies, as she dies, her tail is withdrawn into the rest of her body. And as she's just withdrawn, it forms into the shape of her heart. And as that happens, it begins to turn white, like snowflakes, and begins to blow up into the wind as like snowflakes. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be like wood. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as snow. But the babies, the babies retain, ah, what do they retain? <laughs> their covering. Their tunics. They retain their scarlet red covering for their lifetimes. That's right. Study the Caucasus, says. Friends, our covering is of Christ. Our covering is of him. We read in the Bible, in Jeremiah chapter 15, excuse me, chapter 23, verse 6. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is the name whereby what? He shall be called the Lord our Covering the Lord our righteousness, the Lord our right doing of my own self, I can do nothing, but this is the name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. And if you just flip over 10 chapters later, so chapter that should say chapter 33 of Jeremiah. So the first one is chapter 23 under him. The one over there should be chapter 33. Excuse my my mistake there. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 16. So 10 chapters later from 23, and then just add 6 to 10, and you get to Jeremiah 33, verse 16. And now it's about us. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will dwell safely, and this is the name whereby... Jerusalem shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Those little babies you just saw there, they retained their mother's covering. We retained by His grace, if we want it, His righteousness. Because that is God's intent. Because he wants us to dwell with him there. He fits us for heaven. Like the song says away in the manger. To live with him there. And he's in the business of doing that. uh, Isaiah chapter 61. Verse 3. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them what? Beautiful ashes. That's what we have. we have. We have ashes. But it gives us beautiful ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called what? Trees of righteousness. The planting of rain. Yeah? The planting of rain, right? Is that what it says? The planting of rain. Do you see it? Do you see it? Is God beautiful or is he beautiful? That he may be glorified. No glory for me. No glory for me, friends. No glory for me. He is the light. He is that light. That light of everyone who comes into the world. We are are finishing up now a couple more slides. On this slide, we have James White, uh, excuse me, James Smith. Study study about James Smith. He wrote some beautiful things. He's not an Adventist, but he he wrote some beautiful, beautiful uh, 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 things. He's a a man of God. He's really a Christian apologetic. And he writes about the love of Christ. Here's what he says. When we meditate upon eternity past, we can say in reference to the most distant periods. My Savior loved me then. He loved me from all eternity. Glorious truth. He always has loved me. And he always will love me. He loved me before angels existed. Before devils appeared. Before sin was committed. He loved me when the Godhead dwelt all alone. All the depths astonishing mystery. It seems too good to be true, but God has said it and my soul shall rejoice in it and praise him for it. His love to me is as eternal as his nature without beginning of days or end of years. From his love as from a mighty ocean flows all the acts of his power all the displays of his benevolence, all the manifestations of his grace, and all the provisions of his gospel. It is sweet to silently meditate upon the thought of such a vile and insignificant creature as I am, lost baggage, that Jehovah Jesus not only thought of me, but eternally loved me with all, all, all the strength of his deity. He so loved me. <laughs> As to be willing. When it became necessary. To take my nature. friends, My nature. And to save me. By his humiliation. And suffering. How many of you say amen to that? And here's what we are told by Sister White. As we close this thing out. The condescension of Christ in behalf of men was a marvel to men, to angels. (laughs) Redemption through Christ was to them a mystery, a mystery, a mystery of love and wisdom. And it absorbed their interest even more than had the work of creation. Such love amazed and enraptured them. It was so ardent, so much less, so devoid of selfishness. They could not comprehend it. The creation of man in the beginning, the formation of the heavens and the earth. Just think about it. The angels saw everything that God created. All the galaxies, all the beauty. I mean, they've seen all that beauty. They've seen it. The beauty and glory with which the creator had clothed all nature had called forth the wonder and admiration of the universe of heaven. Their reverence and love, part, part, part. That is thinking. This conden- con- condescension of their commander in exchanging a throne for a manger in Bethlehem and subjecting himself in mockery and insult poverty, and a felon's death called forth the shining hosts of heaven, the highest adoration, and the deepest joy. Their joy and praise burst forth as the announcement to the shepherds on the hills of Bethlehem in the song, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. But here's the clincher, friends. Here's the clincher. Here is the sad reality. Have mercy. Here is the sobering thought. Here is the sobering thought. Here is the woman at the well. Here is the woman caught in adultery. But thank God that they appreciated it. Because man alone, he for whom this great sacrifice was made, manifested indifference. He who should above all others have been interested, charmed, captivated, and filled with the deepest gratitude was unmoved, untouched. This indifference is apparent today not only in those who are in open rebellion to God but have mercy in those who profess to be followers of Christ. How should we, the objects of such love and condescension, appreciate the mystery of redemption? The splendors of the world presented in their most attractive form should sink. The things of this world, the love of the, f- the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, the things of this world should sink into significance before this great condescension. Those who are true followers of Christ will be willing to suffer for his sake. As they contemplate this mystery, their heart will be filled with tender love. Lord, I believe, a lively devotion Doing good. I mean, they will feel that they must follow the example of him who went about doing good and who cheerfully gave his life to ransom us from the degradation of sin. Selfishness and worldliness will be seen to be inconsistent with the profession of the name of Christ. So, our last slide here. What shall I give him? What shall I give him? What shall I give him? Psalm twenty-two, verse six. You remember that, that worm. Remember the worm, the caucus illnesses in the Middle East. I am as a worm, and no man. He fastens himself to that tree. It doesn't matter what was said to him. Get down, and we will believe you. Ah, no! He said, "You don't understand." You don't understand that I came to reclaim you because you were lost baggage. You don't understand. You don't get it. I came to seek and to save you because you don't even know you were lost. I don't come to condemn. I am fastened to this tree and all my life depends on this tree. I am fastened there because I need to reclaim lost baggage. I will spill my blood that you will be stand by it forever and forever. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness. Might live for what? Righteousness. Right doing in Christ by whose stripes Where we are healed. And to know the love of God, the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. God's intent for you today, for me today, is that we be filled with all the fullness of Christ. How many of you today in this place, Want to experience that with me? God bless you. Amen.